Albany to Broome, Kalgoorlie to Bunbury, all over Perth and everywhere in between. Simulcast across the entire Southern Cross Stereo WA network. This is Listen Up with Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. Welcome everyone. This is uh, Lisa Shaw and Tim Lee. We are Hello. live across WA right now, all the way from the beautiful bits up top, all the way down south. And I'm sure even someone at Wave Rock can hear us Everything at the moment. in between. Uh, and we are going to be talking about something very serious tonight, something that's been affecting the community for way longer than what it should have been, uh, drink driving. Yeah, drink driving. Uh, some people think, oh, I'm not going too far. I've just got to go around the corner. It kills. It kills a lot of people, and that's what we're going to talk about over the next hour. Kills, maims. Uh, you are not Superman. You can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Uh, we got some pretty it's crazy stats that we're going to uh, throw at you a little bit later on. And there's going to be there's going to be a little ears warning. Yes. But I suggest these little ears should maybe listen because these are the little ears that are going to be affected if yes. uh, you drink drive or someone does and uh, something tragic happens to yourself. So, yeah, we are going to be talking about some uh, very serious issues tonight. Particularly ears with L plates on, I think. A uh, very yeah. good time for them to have a listen. And it's not just about appealing to your better nature to not drink, drive and kill people. We're going to tell you about a new uh, thing that's coming into effect that's going to make you look like a fool, be extremely inconvenienced and out of pocket. Uh, it's called the Interlock System. And in a couple of days, the WA government is bringing in this tough new system. You've probably heard all the radio ads and seen the telly ones. From the 24th of October, if you lose your license for drink driving, an alcohol interlock could be fitted to any vehicle you drive. You'll have to blow into this device every time you want to start your engine. You'll also have to pull over and blow into it throughout your journey. Oh, and you'll have to pay all the costs of installing and maintaining the device. Don't like the sound of that? Tough. Authorised by the state government, Perth, spoken by James Hagan. There you go. You're going to be late everywhere you go and people under their breath are going to go, interlock. Under the same or breath that you're going to have to use to blow into these interlock <laughs> systems. Yes. Uh, all right, let's get to some stats. Uh, obviously, it affects your decision making process, like speed and judgment, and the the whole the whole gamut of everything. But yeah. what I found really interesting was if, even if you get right up to this magical 0.05 limit, mm-hmm. it still doubles your chances. If you're right there, if you're like 0.04, uh, you've doubled your chances for a crash then and there. It's also different for everyone as well. Uh, in WH, you're approximately 4,000 drink drivers are repeat drink drivers. Male and female? Male and female, <laughs> but the majority are male under 25. I mean, it's no surprise, is it? We all know why. We don't have to go into why. We just need to stop. But 4,000 cars, think of that, 4,000 cars, that fills the uh, convention centre car park three times over. And then out of that, so last year, very unfortunately, 161 people were killed as a result of 142 crashes, which means multiple fatalities, multiple members of families, uh, sometimes entire families were taken out in crashes that involved alcohol. And uh, 39 of these fatalities were actually in crashes where the driver had previously been suspended for alcohol-related offences. That's not good. Repeat offenders. We're going to talk to uh, a family, actually, that that has been the case for and see what it's like to be on the other side. Michelle and Catherine Mm -hmm. Roberts, whose father was taken away from him. Uh, That is up next, right across WA. This is Listen Up, talking about drink driving tonight. Listen Up with Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. This is Listen Up. We are live right across WA right now talking about drink driving. Now, the state government is getting even tougher 
on drink driving. Alcohol interlocks are finally coming into effect from 24th of October. Uh, now, it's Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw with you. At the moment, you are about to hear an incredibly uh, painful story from the two surviving daughters of a man who was had his life taken. Quite recently, too. It was last year, wasn't it, girls? Yeah, it was last Michelle January. and Kathy, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know it's a tough uh, thing to talk about. I lost my dad last year, too, but not to a drunk driver. What was it like when you first got the news, you heard that that had happened Probably something you think you hear about happening to other people. Could you believe it? Um, no. So it happened um, very early in the morning on that day in January. I woke up because um, I could hear mum talking on the phone outside. Mm-hmm. So I kind of rolled over to look at the time thinking it must be time to get up. And it was about four o'clock in the morning. So immediately I knew there was something wrong. Yeah. Um, so I got up, went and found mum and she kind of came towards me and with not a very good look on her face and I kind of pushed her away and said whatever it is I don't want to know you know kind of thing and she grabbed me and she said your father's been in a car accident and he's died and I I can't really explain what happened then Mm. um a whole mix of emotions the one of my first instincts was I've got to wake up Michelle and tell her Mm -hmm. um and that's what I did I just remember saying like who who Mm. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, it's just a blur. A lot of hysterical crying, I think, and just, yeah, disbelief. Marty, what was your dad like? Oh, he was so great, so funny. Um, really knew how to put a smile on our face, like loving, caring, everything. Just the best. I very much immediately went into what has happened, why has it happened, mm-hmm. whose fault was it, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I remember when we were leaving the hospital, I kept saying to mum, you've got to take me to a police station because we've got to find out what's happened. When you found out that the cause was drink driving, mm-hmm. there's accidents and there's mistakes, yeah. which with time you can work through those things, but drink driving. Drink driving was... Obviously something we're very aware of and something, but before this happened, something, obviously we never drink and drove and our friends and our family never did that, but it was never something we really thought about other people doing because mm. it had never affected us directly. Yeah. Um. So when we did find out, it was again a bit of shock um, and then kind of a how, like how does that decision to drink and drive, how did it lead up to all these events that ended in our dad's death? A speeding drunk P-plate driver. At what point mm. do you start to get really angry? Oh, I mean, you're going to get angry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Very angry. He had to plead guilty because there was no other way he could plead otherwise. Yeah. So the court case um, was very topsy-turvy. Michelle and I read our victim statements out, which was really hard, but it was something we really wanted to do um, so that he could hear what he'd done to us and our family. We heard a lot about prior convictions he'd had on the road, which was tough to hear. So yeah. it wasn't, um, you know, this wasn't well, the was first 20. ever. He was How 20. How much time had he had? So yeah. not, not his first running with the law. Yeah. And obviously no. not someone who has just made a one-off mistake misjudge their personal limit intake Mm -hmm. of alcohol like this is this is a repeat offender this is why the interlock's actually quite good because uh it targets the repeat offenders Mm -hmm. so uh the interlock is actually being bought in next week we're we're willing to do anything and everything to raise awareness about it because we don't want anyone else to go through it yeah it's crap yeah (laughs) we are we're keen to do whatever we can to try and make some sort of difference so dad's death 
um, wasn't for nothing yeah. kind of thing. Um, we couldn't just let, you know, let this big deal of drink driving just slide and, like Michelle said, let it happen to other people. God, it can just ruin anyone's life mm. if it's not your own. It can destroy anyone. I've been incredibly nervous about this because I have two young daughters, uh, almost exactly the same age bracket apart as you guys, and I, you could, so much. Could possibly be. <laughs> I could not imagine what they would be going through. The connection I've been able to form with them in one and three years of their little short lives mm. yeah. to continue that and then have to leave them because of some idiot mm -hmm. drunk mm. driver when they're 19 is baffles me. Baffles us too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle and Catherine Roberts, thank you so much for coming in and being part of uh, Listen Up right across WA. Thank you. Thank you. Listen up, listen up with Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. Right across WA right now, this is Listen Up. Tonight we're talking about drink driving because the state government is getting even tougher on drink driving. Alcohol interlocks are going to come into effect October 24. Uh, now, please welcome to the studio the general manager of St. John's Ambulance in Perth, James Sheriff. Don't know what we would do without St. John's. How long have you been uh, there? I've been with St. John's for eight years now. Eight years, yep. and in the field, those eight years, you've seen a lot. Incredible amount of uh, vehicle accidents related to trauma with absolutely devastating um, effects on patients and families. Yeah, and ones that could be avoided. Every single one of those could be avoided. Um, it's not okay mm. to get into a car once you've had alcohol at all, and people tend to get that bit confident. The mm. machines that are out there today are that much more powerful, and yeah. people yeah. feel so much more confident in them with all the safety features that happen. But this year, what we've actually seen is the injuries that have um, occurred on the road this year have been a lot more significant than prior years. So people are being more confident. There's a lot more drinking and driving going on, one in every four motor vehicle accidents that we attend. There is the possibility that alcohol has been involved. You arrive at an accident and uh, to a devastating situation where you see people's lives destroyed forever. Mm -hmm. And when you're using words like uh, we, you actually still go out. You're the only general manager that I know that actually is still in the field. Um, so you were saying you, you often go out on a Friday and a Saturday night. Yeah. What is one of the most uh, common crash sites that you will come across? Sites that we come across are where drunk drivers have uh, plowed into a motor vehicle and destroyed a family by killing part of the family and then the rest of the family is uh, now living with critical injuries. Mm -hmm. Paramedics and emergency services are incredible in the work they do and it's very professional and they get through it. But afterwards, it all sets home and you've got to then deal with the reality of what that drunk driver has done mm -hmm. to a family. The drunk drivers are normally the ones that get away with it. Um, they come out normally unscathed while families are destroyed and people's lives are changed forever. In some cases, the lucky ones are the dead ones because the people living with injuries that are t to live with that for the rest of your life, it, it makes life very, very difficult. We talk about the people killed, but it would just be horrendous to wake up in Shenton Park with one of those metal things through your head. I mean, that can happen. I was just thinking of one now where we went to a scene and this drunk driver had um, gone through a road crossing where a mom was pushing a child oh. in a pram. Um, he killed both. Um, the father arrived at the scene about an hour later and just walking up to the dad, looking in his eyes and having the conversation that um, his family's no longer with him and he's just started a new family while you've got another person sitting with police. You can't change that. Um, it's too late. It's too late. You can't, um, yeah. And to 
for him to live with that for the rest of his life. It's just devastating. People who are as old as me might remember that uh, scene of the little Volkswagen ripped apart in the uh, intersection on Christmas Day some years ago where the whole yeah. family was killed and, the, the, you know, the picture of uh, Christmas presents strewn across the intersections. That, that has stayed with me forever. Um, imagine being on that scene. Oh, I can't imagine being on that scene and I can't imagine what you see, what you hear, what you smell. What It is a... It, Tell people to please stop making you do it. Yeah. It's just crazy. Do you think, um, I mean, obviously this interlock is a good thing. It's a start. Do you think that we need to be a little more brutal with kids as they're coming up to getting their license? Definitely. Making people more aware of, of the circumstances of those, uh, those accidents is important. Um, I know the RAC do a really good campaign in the beginning of the year um, with showing road trauma and the effects and what it takes. I mean, it doesn't take a lot. It can just be that you're just over. And people need to start taking responsibility on themselves. It's not about police work and and putting more police measures in. It's about people taking responsibility on themselves yeah. and actually understanding what they're doing. You cannot change it once it's done. Would it be safe to say, like, the, the image that I have in my head of an accident caused by someone, by a drunk driver, is someone who can't support their own body standing up, slurring yeah. their words, walking all over the roads... Uh, something tells me, though, that a typical drunk driver is someone who appears quite pompous and someone who you could hold a conversation with. You're 100% right. It's yeah. those ones that can hardly walk and that normally don't get that far in their car. It's the ones that are just over the limit. And the biggest problem with that is that you're overconfident. The things that it's not going to happen to you, it is. And when you then sit in ICU next, next to a best mate or a person recovering from those injuries and it hits home, you start thinking, what am I doing? Mm. And I should never have done that. Don't wait for things to happen. Mm-hmm. It is going to happen if we carry on doing this. Yeah. pulls your heart right out of your chest. Mm. Uh, James Sheriff, the General Manager of St. John's Ambulance in Perth, thanks for coming in. And uh, with a bit of luck, we can put you guys out of work. Yeah. And maybe you could take up maybe new professions. Maybe you could have a Saturday night off for a while. In a nursery or something like that, <laughs> growing flowers, doing something amazing. Uh, Thank you. There is a plan set in place that involves interlocks, and next we're going to have someone uh, talk to us exactly what it is about. This is Listen Up, live right across WA right now. Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. Right across WA tonight, we are talking about drink driving. It's Lisa Shaw and Tim Lee. And this is Listen Up because the state government is getting even tougher on drink driving. Alcohol interlocks are going to come into effect October 24, which is Monday. Uh, we've got a gentleman in here who knows everything about it. And uh, we've got a, a whole stack of questions for Kim Papalia, the Road Safety Commissioner, don't we, Lisa? Yes, we do. Thank you. And uh, welcome to uh, uh, the introduction of alcohol interlocks coming Monday. Start super easy. What are they? <laughs> um, it's an education program in that it can provide people with an alcohol problem opportunity to get back on the road and be better educated about the effects and the impact that alcohol has on them and on community in relation to the risk on our roads. They are a piece of technology. It's very mature technology. And that was important for us because accuracy and integrity of the program relies on good mature systems. So we have a system now available to us that is been out there in community for 30 years and, and, and is tried and tested. So basically like a breathalyzer that you blow into to start your car. You cannot drive if you're required to be on the program without an alcohol interlock fitted to a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are caught driving, you, you can be charged with uh, offences under the Road Traffic Act and 
uh, section 49 is driving without a license, you can be subject to fines up to imprisonment for that type of offence. Great. Um, so there is enforcement as an aspect of this program. Uh, they've got to breathe into it um, uh, to get it to start. But then, you know, you think, oh, they could get someone else to get, get their mate to do it. But this, you have to keep doing it throughout your journey. How often does it make you stop to do it? Look, it's irregular, but it's a minimum of 20 minutes. Right. So if you're going on a journey that lasts longer than 20 minutes, you will have to have blown at least once into the machine whilst driving. Mm-hmm. But you have to blow into the machine to start the vehicle. So it it's a recording and reporting process, um, and this type of technology. It actually captures the breath sample that you provide to start the engine. You're required to have a 0% blood alcohol content to a Come off the scheme, ultimately, you have to demonstrate 180 days of zero alcohol and driving uh, for that last period. But you could be on the scheme longer. Right, right. Um, depends on the nature of how you lost your licence. If you lose your licence for a high-end drink-driving offence um, and choose not to apply to come onto this system, then your choices are take public transport or don't drive. If you wish to drive again, and, and in WA you drive under licence, which recognises our licence, our driver's licence, is a privilege. It's not a right. Yeah. Um, so it's a privilege provided to you by everyone else in Western Australia. Exactly. You, know, you drive on our roads, you share the, dro- the roads, you share the responsibility, and you are restricted in your ability to do that if you impinge on any of our road traffic No laws. one's asking you to give up drinking. Uh, they're just saying don't drink when you're driving. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, you know, it's all about separation. It's not like giving up chocolate or something. <laughs> Lord. The nice little uh, kicker that I like about this is uh, you have to pay for it as well. Yeah. So we live in a pretty materialistic society, and so uh, there's, there's several avenues that we try to get through to you. And ultimately, if you've had the experience of going around and telling a, a parent that their child has died because of the consequence of crash and, and alcohol was a factor, um, that is a very sobering thought. And it should be sobering a community. If you're going to drive, be sober. And now you say that because that's actually, that's a reality for you in your history leading up to you being the road safety commissioner. You've been a policeman, a police officer. Uh, you've actually had to break that news. Yeah, sadly. Worst job you can have, I've heard police say. Um, you know, it, it's horrible. extremely challenging when you're, and confronting when you're going to around to someone's place to break that type of news. More so when you've been in the country and you worked with the families, you know, you know the family. They know why you're there. Um, and people anticipate when you come and knock on the door in the middle of the night and they know that their son or daughter is not home, then it's going the to be bad news. on their face must not um, be. You know, it's, it's a horrible scenario. At the best of times, it's a horrible scenario. It's made extremely worse and, and exacerbated when you know the family involved and you're delivering that tragic news. And sometimes when you've actually been at the crash scene, Um, there have been very sad occasions where I've been at a scene, I've gone back to the office to change my shirt before going out uh, because of the nature of crash. You're often splattered with blood. Um, You can't go and knock on someone's door and tell them that type of news when you're wearing a uniform that's stained with that type of impact. Um, It is extremely confronting. It is the nature of crash attributable to alcohol in our roads. And as a community, we need to commit to prevent this. Well, that's why we've done this. Uh, We're broadcasting right across WA at the moment. Uh, Kim Papalia, the Road Safety Commissioner, thanks for coming in. I just wanted to say, uh, West is best. This has been over East for a little while. We've got the whiz-bang, top-notch, no way to trick this thing, 
version of the interlocks, yeah. uh, which are going to come into law on October the 24th on Monday. Midnight from Sunday onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be subject to alcohol interlocks if you commit offences from them. We don't want you to commit offences. We want you to drive sober, share the responsibility on a road, say so everyone gets home safe. Uh, thank you very yeah. much for coming in and uh, talking drink driving right across WA with Listen Up. Listen Up. Listen Up. Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. This is Listen Up. We are live right across WA right now. Lisa Shaw and Tim Lee tonight talking about drink driving because the state government is getting even tougher on drink driving. Alcohol interlocks are going to come into effect October 24. And Lisa, we have a stunningly beautiful man in the studio at the moment. Someone that I'd imagine my fiancé would have preferred <laughs> that she met before me. Uh, Pat O'Dell, who works uh, in the wheat belt. Paramedic? Uh, yeah, community paramedic in the oh, He's even got yeah. the voice. <laughs> I'm sold on anyone who runs into, you know, things like this when the rest of us try to walk away. Uh, Pat, the the wheat belt, the, the country, um, these are quite vast uh, stretches between towns. So this isn't someone going, I've had a couple of drinks after work, but I'll just sneak home. I'll be all right. This is someone who's drunk and going, right, now I'm going to go to Haydn or something for, I mean, what the heck? Yeah, uh, there's... A variety of reasons why people might make a decision to drive drunk in the country. Um, One, they're an idiot. That well, Two. <laughs> exactly. They've uh, definitely got a lack of respect um, mm-hmm. for themselves and, and others on the road. But uh, there's other factors involved, such as poor planning. People have spontaneous yeah. things happen, and then they don't have a way to get home. Right. And uh, in the country, there's not really that many other options to be able to get yourself where well, you they need know to that. be. The planning prior to actually having a drink in the country needs to be made so you know exactly what you're going to have to do tonight to not have to drive. Yeah. So from your point of view, uh, the lack of Uber Blacks in the in country areas is not an excuse. The the lack of, mm. a, of, of a great taxi infrastructure, that's not an excuse? Well, no, because you know that. Yeah. And it's more that's, not an excuse, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely know that. And that's why um, when people decide to, to drink in the country and they know that there's no other alternative, um, driving your car isn't an alternative. No. You need to make other plans to be able to uh, either stay where you are or get yourself home safe another way. Speed is another yep. thing on yep. the country roads. Travel uh, edges, it, kangaroos, other cars, people that don't drive in the country normally. Oh, those city dwellers those that people. take their land cruises <laughs> into the country. That's it. But but aside from all that, um, like we ran a few community forums on road safety in the wheat belt in the last year. And a lot of people want to try and blame those things. They want to try and, and blame the roads for being of in course. a maybe poorer condition or too many bends in the road or too many trees beside the road. But it doesn't take away the fact that someone's actually still made a conscious decision to either drive drunk or drive in a way that's disrespectful. Yeah. So I personally hate hearing those kind of excuses from people because it really just really comes down to the attitude that people bring when they get behind the wheel. Have I seen too many movies or is there even a bit of an attitude among these people of, uh, you know, we're tough, we're, uh, we drive in the country all the time, we'll be right? The overwhelming attitude is that people just distance themselves from the reality yeah. of what could happen and yeah. they think that it's not going to happen to them. Now, I think that just really comes down to to their, their attitude and their poor judgment because they may be drunk, yeah. um, but it does. And in the communities in the wheat belt, they're small communities and when something so catastrophic as a fatality or where an, a car accident where someone's severely injured um, occurs, the whole town just becomes immensely affected because yeah. of yeah. how many people 
uh, are connected to those that are involved in the car accident. Wow. What's What's one of the most familiar sites that you'll see when you attend a crash site out in the country? Uh, it, the first is 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 carnage. Um, we the the damage to the vehicles because of the speeds involved. Um, if they've hit trees or other vehicles, um, it just rips cars apart. And it looks like someone's uh, ripped tinfoil apart. It's amazing like how they what, come apart, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what these cars resemble after a crash is it's, incredible. It's pretty crazy. And when people see the car on the news, they, they have to understand that there was people in that car. Yeah. And what happens to the car happens to the person. And you see the horrendousness of, of the damage to the car and just some of the injuries that we have to come across in the wheat belt or on any country road or any accident that's been at high speed is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to wish it on, on anybody, No. but we do know that if that attitude was different before they got behind the wheel, that we wouldn't even be here in the first place. And that's really hard to take. We know specifically, um, in the wheat belt that alcohol contributes, uh, is the second highest contributing factor to fatal collisions. I think all the time and, and having been involved in trying to educate young people yeah. in road safety over the last five years, I try and think what would make people make better decisions behind the wheel. And I think the only time they're actually going to appreciate uh, how bringing an attitude that's good behind the wheel of the car can make them safe behind the wheel is if they talk about it with people that they love and respect because yeah. they're really the only people that are going to give them the respect that they need to act appropriately behind the wheel. Yeah. And so I, I really think we've got to start at families, communities, and build it up through there because sometimes I think our voice gets a little bit lost. Yeah. I have taken on board every single word of this coming out of your beautifully sculpted mouth and dreamy eyes. Maybe we should have done this on TV. <laughs> Pat O'Dell, uh, a paramedic from the Wheatbell. Thank you very much for coming in and uh, and letting us know what it's like. I have a fiancé and two beautiful children. <laughs> Which I don't want them to have an accident exactly. because of a drunk driver. That's what I'm trying to say in a yeah. roundabout way. Right across WA, this is Listen Up. Cheers, thanks. <laughs> Listen, up. Listen Up with Tim Lee and Lisa Shaw. Right across WA, this has been Listen Up with Lisa Shaw and Tim Lee. We've been talking about drink driving tonight because on Monday, alcohol interlocks will come into effect. It's the way the state government is getting even tougher on yes. drink driving. And it's why we've been talking so seriously tonight. I mean, it's called Listen Up. Not just, you might want to, you know, have a think about this. I mean, it's serious, guys. We have got to stop combining alcohol with getting behind the wheel of a great big heavy weapon. Please stop killing and maiming our members of our community. Yeah. I am a father. I know that this shouldn't matter because it doesn't matter your personal situation. I've spent the last hour of my life thinking, could you imagine what happens if a drunk driver was to take it's the life of your children? a stupid way to die. A stupid, stupid way to die. If you're going to die, die from some, you know, disease that is, you could, uh, just not this, it's avoidable. It's stupid. It only, uh, I mean, walk, whatever, get an Uber, get a taxi, get a bus, really plan ahead. All right. It's been a pretty heavy show tonight. So let's do something a little lighthearted. Lisa Shaw, are you ready for a WA Merging Quiz? Absolutely. All right. Say a red car is driving down the on-ramp on a freeway. Should it, one, slow down to 40 in case children are crossing? Uh, two, notice that peak hour has locked the freeway up like a car park and pull over on the on-ramp and just walk home. Or three, steadily increase speed to match the speed of the traffic on the freeway. One, two, or three. Uh, three. Three is? Correct. Ooh, uh, like a zipper. Failing d to give way <laughs> while merging will result in one, 
a loss of $100 and three demerit points, loss of your license and car and any Macca's fries that might be kicking around under the driver's seat, or three, loss of hair, one, two, or three. What was the question again? Fa- Failing to give way while Failing merging. Failing to give way when merging. It will, it will result in possibly getting the finger, but uh, <laughs> I'd say the middle one. The loss of McDonald's fries under the driver's seat. No, I would have gone with one, $100 and three demerit points. And finally, a yellow car is on the on-ramp. It's ready to merge. The blue car is on the freeway. Should the blue car increase speed like Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious just to get out in front? Uh, two, honk. It's a warning that says, hey, this is blue car territory. Back off. This is my road. Or three, Back its speed off slightly to leave a safe opening for the yellow car to merge into. One, two, or three. Well, if it was 1972, I'd say one or two, but it's not, so I say three. There's a lot of cars on the road now. We have got to do this. I mean, it works, really. It was okay back in the day when there wasn't many cars. You could be impatient. But now there's so many of us, really, that the whole zipper thing does work. Merging is merging's good. For, okay, I've got this from the – this is an official line from an actual – That is an actual quiz? That was my quiz. No, this is from the actual government website, from the yeah. official WA Government Road Safety Commission website. First sentence on that page. There's no hiding the fact that West Australians have a lousy reputation when it comes to merging. It's the government admitting that, people. Wow. There is several areas that we need to brush up on as West Australians uh, to save the lives of other people. Respect the gap, for example. Yeah, they're little things. Uh, Let's make today and tonight, this evening, about the fact that uh, this alcohol interlock system is coming into place because we need to please, if you are listening, if you are a young male, Mm. I once was a young male a few years ago, Stop drinking and driving. Don't I've do it. Never been a young male, but I too have been, you know, young in a car. If the interlock thing doesn't appeal to you, how about the fact don't kill people? Don't kill other people, don't kill yourself, don't kill your mate, don't wake up with that one of those metal things through your head. Good bullet points. Uh, this has been Listen Up live across WA talking about drink driving. Uh, the state government getting even tougher on drink driving. Alcohol interlocks will come into effect on Monday. If you missed any of this, we've had some harrowing interviews. Uh, We've had uh, paramedics. We've had daughters who have had their father taken forcibly from them. Harrowing's the only way these stories come. Mm. Uh, If you missed any of that, it's a podcast on the station's website. Yep. Thanks for listening. This is Listen Up.